Welcome to the Strap It Down White Sox Therapy Podcast. <laughs> it's August 10th. This is Suds, Schwabi. What's going on, my man? Talk to me. Me and you tonight. Dude, it is. Uh, so we have no internet. So if you're we're missing some stats tonight, I apologize on the front end. Uh, dude, the White Sox are chaos. It's, it is, uh, like, they should be a daytime soap. It's, it's absolute chaos. No one's running running the ship. It's 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 fucking nuts. It's awful. This is the most the White Sox have been in the news. Maybe the last ten. Maybe the last time was since we won the World Series. Oh, I mean, when they hired Tony, that was a lot of news. Uh, not good, but a lot of news. I think. But but this is uh this is pushing for it right now. All right. Well, before we get into it, Schwab, because we got a lot to talk about. Why? Just want to do a, a quick. Quick ad here. This episode's brought to you by Disgruntled Fans T-shirts. <laughs> We're all disgruntled. Disgruntled Fans is running a, a T-shirt sale right now. You know what their number one shirt that's selling? What they got? It is the Double Reverse Boycott. I don't know if you've heard rumblings of this. Double Reverse Boycott, Schwabi. A's are coming to town. The series against the White Sox. August 24th to August 27th. Get your reverse double boycott t-shirt now. On the front, sell a team Jerry. On the back, sell a team Fisher. <laughs> Is there a better time for some disgruntled fans going to the stadium than a double reverse boycott? The fact that those A's games where they were playing other teams in Cali and they got everybody to like you know get angry about it was fantastic. Uh, you know, as much as we don't like your boys from the flubs, I'd really like I'd really like everybody in Chicago to unite, uh, you know, against Jerry. If you're not a Bull, if you're not a Sox fan, you're probably a Bulls fan. Let's all unite against something our common enemy, which is Jerry Reinsdorf. That's a great idea for another shirt. Sell both teams, Jerry. How about that? I, I'll buy that one. <laughs> all right, let's get into it, Schwabi. Last time we chatted two weeks ago. July 27th. So since then, 6-6. Six and six. Not and we, bad. And we've traded a bunch of guys. Traded a bunch. 6-6. Six and six, We've we split with Cleveland for four, and then we had another series with Cleveland. Took two out of three. Took the season series from the Guardians. Take that, Manson. I know you're listening, Mance. You, you don't like that one. We're going to get into some TA versus Jose later, but I digress. We go... I did. We went to Texas, I think, or was that? I don't even. If I mean, it's hard yeah, to watch these to days. Texas, but I don't. I, I'm just guessing. To be <laughs> Dane, Dane shut us down. We get swept. Lose three in Texas. God, we love Dane so much. I like. I want. I want the record to show. You know, we weren't doing a pod then, but we were big Dane Dunning people. Um, I and I don't. I still agree with the trade. I just don't agree with the subsequent moves. Yeah, I, I I totally agree, Schwabi. I think it was a move that had to be made. But I, but at the same time, big Dane Dunning people. Yeah. Well, 
Dane Dunning just knew how to. We have so many guys who are more talented than Dane Dunning, but Dane Dunning knew knows how to pitch. He does know how to pitch, right? Like that's the difference between Dane Dunning and Kopech. Yep. Okay, Schwab, go back Sorry. in time. Okay. Yeah. Without hindsight, because I know it's an easy question now. Kopech or Dane for Lance Lynn? I'm trading Dane. Yeah. You had you had to keep Kopech. Um, it would have been it like would have been surprising. Ray, Raylo or Dane. When Raylo was still thought of as a potential starter, I think you can make that argument. But Kopech was, I mean, Kopech was, you know, considered a, a, a top probably 20, 30 prospect at the time, a front end of the rotation arm, and Dane Dunning was always thought of as a middle, you know, a three to a three to three four, while Kopech had the potential of one two. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree with you. The benefit of hindsight, obviously, we'd probably switch that right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean the only the only thing you can say is, um, you know the the way the Sox were making moves at that point in time it was who could help me now, and I think Dane Dunning was more ready to help you at the time due to just just like the strict innings he had thrown the previous year. Um, but I I still would have traded Dane over Kopech. Yeah, I mean Kopech's potential. I think it was a ceiling versus floor. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Dane, Dane always knew how to pitch. That was kind of his thing when he came up. His stuff was never. His stuff's not crazy good. No, he's he's a solid, he's a solid pitcher, but he's not anything to write home about. But at the end of the day, looking back on it, Kopech was the the question becomes is was Kopech always good because of his stuff being crazy electric, and now he it, his stuff's good. It's not crazy electric. And right, he it's doesn't not, it's like not you crazy, said. and he's and again, it's the shit we talked about with Cease, right? Where he's like, you get too cute, you get too, you know, trying to dance around the edges. Where if you got the stuff, like put the damn thing over the plate, get strikes, get ahead of counts, attack hitters. But you see with Dylan, you see with Kopech, right? They, you know, they'll pitch five innings, they'll walk six guys, they'll give up one hit, but they're out after five and a third because there are ninety-seven pitches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we talked about the, we talked about segments before the Schwab. Yeah. One thing we didn't write down we we're going to talk about is Dylan. If we should have traded he, him. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Because we went all through right, the trades. Yeah. That's what we were forgetting. Yeah, we went through yeah. all the trades, and we're like, why are we missing somebody? Yeah, when we, when we get to that section, we'll round it out <laughs> with that one. All right. What so could have been? Let me finish this out. So six and six, right? So we talked about Cleveland split the four, took two out of three, get swept by the Rangers, and then we take two out of three of the Yanks. You want to talk to some aggravated fans. I was Listen, checking out. Listen, man, we cleaned up the clubhouse, and now we are <laughs> gelling as a team. I looked at some Yankees tweets just for the fun of it, and they're like, lost two series to the White Sox. This is rock bottom. It's like, all right, chill. You guys don't hey, have any bad, idea what like, rock bottom is. Yeah, guys, come on now. You want to talk about rock bottom? Come to my basement, and I'll have a bottle of rum ready for you. Yeah, that, you that's c- rock bottom. Come on a Thursday night. We'll yeah. we'll we'll show you what rock bottom feels come, like. Come for a Thursday night with a double header on, and we'll, we'll show you we'll show you what true pain is. Give me a break. The Yankees are over five. They I don't think the Yankees have been under five hundred ever, and they, they want to talk about <laughs> rock bottom. Are you kidding me? Dude, it's uh, you know, there there are different levels of rock bottom for each fandom, and the Sox rock bottom is pretty pretty low. First segment, Schwabby, we gotta we gotta evaluate the trades, and right. 
I'm going to do this. Everybody knows how I feel about Rick Hahn. I'm going to do this independently because <laughs> I'm going to try to do it independently. It's going to be very hard to without immediately just having no hope, appreciation, so, respect for any of the guys that we got based so, on Greg Khan was the one who traded for him. So two things before we start. I, I do think in general, I think the Sox did pretty well in these trades. Okay. Um, As far as the talent they got back. Now, again, I think we've talked about this in the past. Like Every Sox, every trade, right, when you get these minor leaguers back, no one knows who they are. So, you know, you're based off what you're seeing on pipeline. You're based off what you're seeing on perspectives are based on what you're seeing on you know all these different sites um and then the other thing which i'm sure you know you'll yell at me about <laughs> is when the the burger trade and they were talking to the marlins GM, oh, yeah here we and go she was saying how they she made the deal with kenny that made me um, very angry by the way because i was like oh Schwab, i knew, Schwab I knew Schwab it is would love this Schwab is, um, i'm shocked know, you didn't text me right then that's that's the that's the issue with the white Sox front office and i know you say i'm a rick defender and it's not so much I'm a Rick defender, but I'm like a realist in the fact that I don't know who's making decisions, and the Sox are so dysfunctional. I could see a multitude of people making decisions. That that's a problem. Oh, it's the, again the, the fact huge that, problem. The fact huge problem that, that no one knows who's making the decisions. How do you pronounce the Marlins GM's last name? Kim. I I, I don't it's know how to NG, pronounce. So yeah. I don't know what that is. So. <laughs> when she was doing that interview, former White Sox employee, yeah, I'd right. Heard her well, back. she because she Bring brought that up. She brought that up. That said that you know she has the she goes way back. So that's why she just called Kenny up, and it's like, what is happening right now? Right. It's, it's one mean, of those that, where like, that, didn't it make so much sense? Is, is Kenny running it? Yeah. Or did she just call Kenny because they have a relationship? And Kenny's like, deal. And Rick's <laughs> like, hold on, I made the last trade. But, like that's why it's a problem. It's one though. of those where they may flip a coin in the office and be like. All right, Kenny, you have Lucas, <laughs> Rick, you have Lance Lynn. Best deal, go. Sounds like a fantasy football draft with your partner. Like, all right, yeah, I got chaos, the second round right? pick, you got the third round pick. It's 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 nuts. You know, you don't know what's going on. So let's kick it off. First trade that started the waterfall. Geo for Edgar Cuero, our third ranked prospect, and Kai Bush, our ninth ranked. Prospect. And we also gave up Barelo. Right. Um, the more I think about this, I think we did talk about this last pod. Uh, we had to, right? I th- yeah, I think we did. It was. I think it was late breaking. That was yeah. like right before the last pod. So, I mean, again, I don't think we really know what you have in a lot of these guys. Quirrell's a young catcher, switch hitter. That Nick Sr. said he was a switch hitter. We did talk about it. Yeah, switch hitter. Um, supposedly has a pretty good control or pretty good uh, control of the strike zone. I'll take it. He's a top 100 prospect in a position we are in dire needs of. He is younger, so I don't think he's a guy we see next year regardless. Um, But, you know, you hope that's a a potential building block. And the pitcher's a a big, long, tall lefty who you hope can, you know, take some of the physical tools and turn into a dependable pitcher. And for whatever reason, like Raylo, I like – but he's going to be a free agent, and Raylo didn't take the next step this year. Yeah. Or I think if Raylo takes the next step and he's pitching the eighth, ninth inning of games, he's got a, a near in the mid twos, you might not do it. He hasn't been great. Um, he's been solid. He's been okay. 
And Lucas, for whatever reason, they did not want to re-sign. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me. I would have been much. I would have been in favor of trading Dylan and keeping Lucas personally. Yeah. I think Lucas is a better. I think Lucas is a is a leader in the pitching staff, pitching yeah. room, um, and a dependable starter. So I, I'm a big fan of Lucas personally. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to. They weren't in talks with them. They apparently didn't want to re-sign him for whatever reason that is. So to get a top 100 prospect and a a toolsy you know, long left-hander, I think, is a decent return. If you don't want to resign Lucas Giolito, what player, after they're done with arbitration, do you want to sign? Again, I mean, that there's your your issue. But, like, again, the Sox have bungled this so bad. Like, when Carlos, not offering Carlos arbitration, yeah, is one of the worst moves you had as, like, you could make. It's unforgivable as far as I'm, like as far as I'm concerned. What what was didn't they say that they were like it was they were trying to like do him a favor like something so I don't know but I don't absurd. I'm not giving anyone a favor like I'm gonna offer him arb it's seventeen point five if no one signs him you get him at seventeen point five for a year fine we'll take it and if someone signs him and you don't want to match okay great we get a comp pick not offering an arb is just, was just was stupid at the time. It's stupid now. It it was, you know, Rick wants to talk about the cesspool that is White Sox Twitter. I'm sorry, Rick. You're a moron. Like yeah. that's a horrible, it's a horrible deal. Seventy five for a year for Carlos was, it's a no brainer in my opinion. And then he goes out and was basically top three pitcher in major leagues next year. It's great with the Giants. You know, again, injuries are always going to be part of the Carlos game. And yeah, but it was a one year deal. Right. There's no risk. There's right. zero risk to when you know right. who took the risk? The Yankees when they gave him six years. I'm fine not giving him six years. Oh, for sure. If you want if you want to come on that contract deal, fine by not yeah. not. Yeah, I'm not competing it. with that. But to not offer him our to just get the comp pick of nothing else, like it was you know, you need to hold him that year because you were good. So you can you can't trade him at the deadline, but you have to offer him arbitration at the end of the year just to keep him in your building. Schwab. What was worse? And I know you hate both of these. Not offering the QO to the Carlos or the Aaron Bummer deal. Uh, Carlos. Carlos worse. Carlos is worse. They're Aaron both Bummer, like both out of Aaron Bummer left field. is a, is a poor decision because there's no reason to to buy out Arbiters on a middle reliever. But you at least can argue that at the time when they did it. You could have profiled Bummer as a closer, so you can at least like make it where if if Bummer becomes the closer for the you Sox, save like seven million. You're saving mil. some money, yeah. But if he doesn't become the closer, it's a it's a bad deal. But the Carlos deal is just there's there's zero there was zero risk in it, yeah. Like I unless was... unless he blows his arm out in spring training, like your he you, did get you hurt a little bit, but still he. I, We'd be a much better team if we had Carlos for the <laughs> that year. Like it's it's yeah it's silly. Yeah, the the bummer thing is confusing to me too. Where they they just came out and said they're not trading bummer. Why why are we That's so the most dumbfounding thing? Like where if, if we had somebody who would take our the untouchables are Luis Robert and Aaron. What what, what? why is bummer? What if somebody want? Apparently there were reports that that teams wanted bummer for some reason. I do, I am. 
Now, not again, aware bummer. Of. Yeah, we've had this talk. You made, the, you made a, you know, you made a pretty good comment on it. Like, bummer's advanced metrics are good. He is a very high ground ball pitcher, um, and the Sox are not a very great infield defense, uh, especially when Yoan's not a third. Um, but as you said, like you know, you don't see the bummer hit a guy. You walk the guy, and, yeah, and then all of a sudden the infield's in because yeah, he threw a wild pitch. And now they they get through, and then he throws well, a, a wild pitch that, that Grandal can't block. And you I know, know that sounds far fetched, but that happens. Like I, no, it happens a lot every every third game that it's, happens with bummer. It's one of those where you know, and it's it's similar to like when we used to talk about Timmy, right? Timmy had a this super high bip. Yeah. All right. His bang his bang average of balls in play is super high. Well, is that a fluke or is that is that who he is? Well, it seemed to be who he was. Yeah, Bummer is one of those guys who has this like his expected, you know, batting average against is low, but it's every year, constantly, every year, he they're constantly outperforming their metrics against yeah. Bummer. At some point in time, I don't care what the metrics say; I care what the results are. And when the results over three years are telling you he's not a guy you can depend on to get big outs. That you have to believe it. Yeah. Right? I he's telling you who he is, believe it. Because I don't care what the metrics say. This isn't the first year that Bummer struggled. He's been struggling for a while now. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen a team say that their uh, middle reliever that they have to pay for the next two years with a six plus ERA is untouchable? That's like <laughs> that's the thing, man. Like you know, I, I. What is possibly going hey, on in that front? I office? can't think there's a single team <laughs> in baseball on, who is, you know, got the who has a bottom ten record in baseball. Is like this middle reliever. He's, <laughs> he's untouchable. Gonna, he's gonna and change now it for us. He's untouchable, and his ERA is over six. And people call me and they're like, "Hey, we want to trade for Bummer." Be like, you got you got a dozen baseballs. The only reason it's over six is because he's had like three scoreless innings in his last four. Otherwise, it'd be <laughs> it over, over seven. seven? <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is one of the more wild things. I that was one when those comments came in. I was like, that can't be real. But it's the White Sox, so you know, of course it is. Schwabi, give me a grade on the Geo deal, Geo Raylo deal. Uh, I'll give it an A on return. An a, okay. Um, okay. B B on. Sent on not having interest in, you know, re-signing Geo, but A in return. Okay. I'm going to give it a C. Ouch. I'm giving, you know why I'm giving Ouch, it a C? because you don't believe in Rick. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm independent. Don't you lie? Here, I'm an auditor, Schwab. Lies. Lies. The only reason I give it a C is because I think you could have gotten the same return and not included Raylo. I hate packaging. You don't think we could get anything for Raylo? Uh, maybe I don't. I you know. I... C. I'm giving a C. That I I'm, I don't hate Kai Bush. I think is has no chance. Quero, I think Quero could be like a. Um... All right, I just blanked on who's the catcher that we traded to Milwaukee. Well, we traded to uh, Seattle. Navarez. For, yeah, Navarez. I think Cuero could be good, like a contact hitter, OBP guy. Like Nar- he's Navarre. he's young for uh, he's young for Double A, so I think it's hard to make any yeah. projections on 
power when they're when they're young and in double A. Um, so that would 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 be what would make him different from Navarez. Um, Lance, I don't love trading for catchers in general because catchers. Yeah, it's so hard. You know, you see a lot of guys. Well, you see a lot of catchers in the top hundred, and they that don't ever produce because catcher is such a hard defensive position. But I, that's why I'd rather go to the Dodgers system. I just trust the Dodgers more. I'd rather sign a catcher in free agency who I know is like Dude. the Cubs signing Gomes and Jan Gomes having like a good year. But Jan Gomes, you know, is going to be yeah a serviceable. But he he was pretty good catcher. And so he's, he's been better this year. You know, uh, Quero was the second best prospect catcher in the Angel system. The top one was oh, her- yeah. he, he. He was playing in the bigs. I forget his name, but he got hurt. He's out. Logan, no hope. Yeah, right. I I probably would have held. I, I bet you, if Rick holds out for that guy, he would have got him. Yeah, because of Otani. Yeah, I I agree. That that was the one. You know, like. Taking a step back, like he, like Quero is one of the younger prospects they acquired, and they're t- you know there's a lot of talk about the Sox trying to compete in 24, 25. Uh, Quero doesn't fit the twenty four timeline, yeah. So that's where it's a little weird. Where they made like a seems like they made seems like they went out of their way to acquire older, more advanced prospects, you know, so they don't have to develop them because the Sox don't develop. Um, but you know, they went with a younger guy in that deal. All right, Schwab. Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly for Nick Nestrini, Jordan Leisure. Uh I was pretty surprised on that deal that Nestrini was like a pretty highly regarded prospect. Um, you know, Leisure's an older, longer college guy who's uh who's strictly a reliever. Um but Nestrini was like a, a fairly decent prospect. So to get them for Lance Lynn, who had been pitching again, had some had some stats that were backed up advanced metrically, but like wasn't pitching well. Six plus ERA. Um <laughs> at, at Homer's at a ridiculous rate. Yeah. And Joe Kelly, who has been one of the more who had been a huge disappointment for the money they paid him. Oh yeah. Huge, I thought that was huge. actually like a, a pretty a pretty impressive return. Like Nestrini being a legitimate prospect. And Leisure being a guy who is never going to be high on prospect list because he's a reliever, but is a guy who should turn around quickly and, and join a bullpen pretty in, in pretty short order. It, if Leisure is in the bullpen next year and is serviceable, that's a win. <laughs> if, 100%. Lance Lynn, well, I don't know if you saw, his, he's 2-0 and with the Dodgers. Of course and he is. He's using his four seamer more than he's ever has. I, I, I saw the first start and the fir- the the you know the pitch distribution was very high, but it was against a bad team and he still gave up three home Athletics, runs. Athletics, yeah. yeah, it was against the A's and gave three bombs. I didn't see the second start. I think it was like one run over six or seven. Yeah, though I mean, really, with Lynn, the home run ball has bothered him. Yeah, um, if he can get that, if the four seamer allows him to get that under control more, that will change a lot, but. You know, and you get Nikki Nestrini. I'm giving an A just for the name. You, you love those Italians. <laughs> What's your grade, Schwab? No, nah, I'd give. I mean, the fact that they got, the fact that they got a real prospect in Nestrini, and then a a guy who's who profiles as a decent major league re- reliever, which again 
you know, the Sox love to spend money on relievers. Hopefully this is a guy they can come up and, you know, use his arm for seven years and then let him go. Um, I'd give it an A. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that, I think that was their best deal. That that or the next one, I'm going to jump to. Jake Berger for Jake Eater. This was a tough one. And I'll tell you why for me. I'll start, Schwabi. Jake Berger, I, I think Rick sold at a good time on yeah. Jake Berger. There's a lot of flaws in his game. This is where you're toward. This is like your heart or your head, right? Because I love Jake Berger. Jake Berger was the only thing that when you turn on a White Sox game that you could pull for, that you could root for. He had the fans behind him. He had the best story on the team. The, he's a great kid. Looked like he was having fun. One of the few that would have fun hustled every play. If Yohan Mankata hustled like this guy, Mankata would be an all-star every year. I, and there is no doubt in my mind that is true. And no, I, Berger, I mean, again, everything you're saying, I, I can't disagree with. So it hurts seeing him traded because he's a fan favorite. We all loved him. But I think on a, on a World Series team, you have a hard time winning it all if he's your everyday third baseman. Unless you, you, you know, he's the guy that, Unless you, you're filled with OBP guys. You're filled with guys that are good defenders everywhere else. You know, you, you're making up for his flaws, which was not the White Sox. Right. I mean, I think, you know, Berger is a guy who, if he's batting higher than seven in your order, you're in trouble. Um, I think ideally Jake Berger is your left-handed, you're, you're against left-handed pitching DH and a backup first and third who can fill in on a pinch. Yep. Um, but no, I. I mean, again, the, the issue of the deal, the negative of the deal is Berger still had a lot of team control left. Yep. Uh, the positive of the deal is I think you did sell fairly high on Berger. Um, you know, the kid they acquired is is a little bit older, coming off Tommy John, but is a you know was a highly regarded prospect prior to he was na- to, his numbers are nasty before. Yeah. Before no, TJ. I mean he's I like I thought it was a really good deal. I I love Jake Berger the person. Um, I think Jake Berger is going to be a guy who Sox fans will always root for, even regardless of what jersey he's wearing. You know, until he's wearing a, a Twinkies or a Guardians jersey, you're yeah. rooting for him. Yep. Um, but I think you're, you're only going so far with Jake Berger. So to get a guy who was, you know, who was a top hundred prospect prior to prior to his arm injury, I think is a pretty pretty good return. Okay, two more Schwab. Kendall Graveman for Corey Lee, Astros. Yeah, I, I, I think this is just. I, I, again, I shrug I'm, your shoulders. I was it a fan of the Sox trading as many players as possible. Yeah, like the the team is broke. You know, we've talked about the money spent in the bullpen. It's a horrible investment, just because yep. the bullpen is the most fluky thing in baseball. You know, the Sox have like try to argue against it with like watch our hitters go from good one year to awful the next. But in general, the bullpen is the most fluky thing. So sending Graveman away for any return is fine. Corey Lee is a, a an older catcher who is a is a converted catcher. Um might be okay, might 
be a guy who is never more than a catcher number two, and that might be the best he yeah. is. So I think that's kind of just the it's you got to again. I'm I'm good with them resetting resetting the system, resetting the team. Um, but I don't know if you're getting anything out of Corey Lee long term. Yeah. So I, I'm fine with this deal. Corey Lee, backup catcher. That's all I need him to be. I need He's him to be Sebi Zavala, but hit two thirty, which is fine. We're we're not competing next year because it's got to be Cuero in twenty twenty five. Otherwise, you would you would hope it's Cuero in twenty twenty five. Yeah, Graveman. the The score of the deal is you don't have to pay him nine mil next year or eight, whatever it was for sure. So that's big because you should never pay nine mil for a middle reliever ever. Yeah, I'm paying nine mil for my closer. Yeah, I'm not paying nine mil for Graveman did uh, an eighth inning guy who can't pitch in back to back. <laughs> Good due diligence by Rick. Oh my god, Kenny's made that deal. What last one Middleton for Juan Corella? I uh, that's a you know, that's it's, a throw in. It's a, okay, so it's, it's a C deal. It's it's a guy who was on a, a one year deal. Again, the fact that you can get anything from Middleton is a is a win for the Sox. Yep, guy you signed to a minor league deal in the middle of the year, and then you were able to turn him into a, a semi interesting prospect. Corella is not in the top thirty corn pipeline, and he's Rule Five eligible next year unless they enter the forty men. So it may be a short lived for Corella, but is intriguing. So you know, making a deal make making a deal for a kid like that is is fine. The the Yankees deadline reminds me so much last year of the White Sox. It's deadline. awful. Like <laughs> it was Middleton. How are you not? I was making, like I was getting Deekman. How are you not doing anything? Like, <laughs> and they've had like some surprises. Like Jake Bowers has been like good. Yeah, uh, dude. I, I don't. Know. I don't know how you're not. It's very confusing. You know, yeah. It's the AL, the AL East is a uh, is murderous row. So I I guess, but safe to say, Keenan Middleton's not resigning with the White Sox next year. Uh, if there was any chance, it ended uh, last night. <laughs> All right. What what happened last night, Schwab? You meant I I don't know. So that. a couple I, things happened last night. Um, and I will think Keenan Middleton's mother for so some of this. Keenan's mom. Yeah, she's was on, on Twitter. Twitter. She's on Twitter. Oh, uh, so a couple things, go. right? Here like, we go, a, Schwab. A the sock or the the. It A's. was on, on X, not Twitter. Listen, I'm going to call it Twitter. I'm going to call them tweets. I'm going to call them quote tweets. Zeets. I'm not going to call them whatever the hell Elon's calling them. So Elon. Repost. I got no interest in what Elon's calling them. That's, it's Twitter. Uh, real quick, I'll go on a side. How you change from like the, this super iconic, uh, recognizable blue bird of Twitter to this like random X it is one of those like horrible jobs where you have a very recognizable logo. Let me change it with this letter that's dark. It, it, it's it's so horrible. much for brand loyalty. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> but uh, so a Yankees bringing Middleton last night, and the Sox are claiming that there's some deal where you like download rosters from MLB, oh, yeah. and because there are two guys on the forty man for the Yankees. Who are listed with the number ninety three, the system got all wonky, and that's why Middleton wasn't listed <laughs> on the scoreboard, um, oh on the like uh, 
auxiliary scoreboards were just listed, you know, like the pitcher in, he wasn't listed on the main scoreboard. He wasn't listed on the, the Yankees diamond where on the pitcher spot, um, he wasn't listed anywhere. The second story that came out is that Middleton, who who never lived in Chicago, did not move to Chicago, but had brought his had his kids around, right? Summer. His kids are around the ballpark. They're probably staying in a hotel or, you know, renting, whatever the case is. Um and apparently in at the cell, there is a spot where the players can drop their kids off during games to, you know, I assume play and watch the game, whatever. Yeah. So Milton has, I think, a, a daughter or multiple as as a kid or multiple kids, um, and you know I don't know if it was other players or it was the the kids of players or his kids. They wanted to go see their friends, right? They, you know, when you're a child of a major league baseball player and you're spending a lot of time together, like you become friends with these kids. Yeah. You know, and you you've got you've got girls, you've got little ones, and when you're five, like everyone you play with is your friend. Yeah. Right? So they wanted to go see their friends or their friends wanted to see them or whatever the case is. And they he you know, he brought his kids to the White Sox you know, uh childcare for, for you know, for a better term, I guess. Um and they were kicked out. The kids were kids. kicked out. And I don't know if this was like before the game, like Middleton walked them down there and they were like, yeah, sorry, your kids can't be here. Or if, you know, mom, grandma, girlfriend, whoever the case is, like brought them there and they're like, you can't be here. They called them an inning in and like, hey, this ain't working. Um, was it during a game? I don't know if it was during, before. It was, yes, it was, I think, the beginning of the, the three-game set. Oh. Um, but I don't know what it was, but this was for Middleton's mother. Um it is one of the most a I don't I don't believe So so this is this is post trade. Yes, post trade. This was this was while the when the Yankees came back to play the White Sox. The Yanks, Yanks. That's not saying said is. The Yankees came back to play I'm not apologies. The Yankees <laughs> came back to play the White Sox. And Middleton tries to bring his kids to the you know, whatever we're gonna call it, the daycare that's for the White bad, Sox. Bad, dude. And that is, if that's they true, kick his kids out. If that's true, that's bad. If it's true, it is one of the more appalling things I've ever heard about <laughs> the White Sox organization. Like it is, there there are certain things that that Chicago organizations um, have done, right? The the Blackhawks with with their Connor Beach thing is is awful. Uh, Northwestern with their hazing thing is is bad. Um, you know, I'm not going to compare it to those things because yeah. those are clearly worse. With that being said, this is a this is a low class move, um, if I've ever seen one. And if you want to claim the MLB thing is what screwed up this Middleton situation on the on the big board, I mean, there seems I, like there's more than one coincidence now. Right, it's one of those where you know, okay, maybe, but I feel like you should. There should be an override. I feel like there should be a fix. And I feel like if you want to fix it, you would fix it. Um, and then this story comes out, and it's like, all right, the first one, you know, there's some smoke, but all right, maybe this is a believable story. And then if this is true, uh, it clearly seems like an organization that is that is taking shots against a guy because he made comments on his way out to say what a mess they are. 
did do you uh did you catch the interview that Rick did about Middleton? Uh yeah, where he made reference to like Middleton was a guy who like apologized yeah, for some on the of his way behavior. out and yeah. wanted to come back. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Um it's all very strange. It's all very strange. I mean, I saw someone made the point like there's no reason for Middleton to lie. Yeah. Middleton, who is a guy who, you know, had a had a brief stint with the Angels where he was very good and then kind of, you know, floated into obscurity. He yeah. was a guy who was on a minor you know, minor league contract. It was a guy who was you know, he he's not a he's not a clear cut major leaguer right. yeah. moving forward, right? He's yeah. a guy who, you know, organizations have to value him. He has to be a good dude. Like all those things are important for him to continue to get paid. So for him to come out and make these statements, uh, I think it's very. There's nothing for him to gain and everything for him to lose. Yeah. So there's no reason for him to make these statements and lie, right? He was pitching well. It's not like he was pitching poorly and he needs to come up with a reason to explain why he was pitching poorly. He's pitching very well. Um, if anything, you would think he would have good things to say just because he benefited from his career potentially benefits from being on the Sox. Yeah. Um, so for him to come out and make these statements, it is not a great look. So bizarre. And then Lance comes out and backs him up. I feel like Rick is just every interview. He's just backpedaling. And I, the thing that I just, I, I could talk about Rick all night and how much he makes me, drink and aggravated and depressed and it's just he he just finds a way when he speaks where he like tries to sound so intelligent where at the end of the day it's like just cut through the crap (laughs) it's like dude this is on fire everything is literally on fire in the front office in the locker room on the field, it's just there's no control. Nobody knows the direction of the team. Pedro's talking about winning now, playing Elvis over prospects. It, what what is what's possibly the plan? Yeah. Have you ever seen like this year more than other? At least like during the rebuild, there was a plan. You know, right? There's not like it, literally no plan at all, Rick. Rick got interviewed and he got defensive when I think it was Merkin asked him about the rebuild. It's like, Rick, it's a rebuild. You you traded, you know, Rick was like, oh, well, you know, these guys all were free agents. Well, not really. Graveman wasn't. Berger wasn't. Kelly had an option. Right. Lynn had an option. This is a rebuild. Yeah. So, Rick. Time to face the music, buddy, and stop getting upset when people are calling you out because you know what? He's the third longest tenure GM in baseball. And you have nothing to show for it. You have two playoff wins, not two playoff series wins, two playoff wins. Right. No, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's the biggest problem with the organization. It's just or, as an organization, um, and it's a it's a really a Jerry thing, right? That's this is Jerry's mo. He puts people in charge, and he doesn't like to change from that, which is bizarre to me. 
you would think a guy who was, you know, like quick to try to trade every player he's had, you know, wanted to get rid of Pippen during the yeah. the second three Pete. Um they want to pay people. Like you would think he would be firing everybody, but he's very loyal to uh, you know, his his coaches, his managers, his executives and not to his players. Did you see Jerry? They tried to get a statement. Jerry wouldn't talk to him. Yeah. Just smoking a scar. Yeah, I saw that. Disgusting. I fucking hate that man. Like, <laughs> I, like again. If Michael Jordan doesn't, if the Blazers, if Clyde Drexler isn't a Blazer a year before Michael Jordan enters the draft, and the Blazers picked, I don't oh even know who's in that God. draft. Blazers picked some dude who's 6'10". The next year when they go into that draft, the Blazers say, we're not taking Ralph Sampson. We're taking Michael Jordan second overall. <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf is the worst owner in professional sport history. But because the Blazers had Clyde Drexler and therefore could not take Jordan and took Ralph Sampson instead, and Jerry Lucks into the greatest basketball player of all time with the third pick of the NBA draft, and Jerry wins six titles. He is somehow viewed as a successful general manager, like or I'm sorry, owner. He's yeah. viewed as a successful owner because he lucked into Jerry to Michael Jordan with the third pick. He is a fucking moron, dude. He is cheap. I think like he's not cheap. He is cautious, Frugal. and he puts his faith and money behind horrible executives. And he's like loyal to a fault with these executives and certain players. Like I, mean, I, I don't you know, understand like, the loyalty to the executives. I, like he's, he's more loyal to Jerry Krause than Michael Jordan. Like how? Blows my possible? mind. Blows my mind. Jerry, like, I mean, we we all I saw hate, the last dance. Jerry. Jerry Reinsdorf ran team, Jerry. The, the most influential, surely the most influential athlete of our generation. I mean, there's no debate. There is no debate. Of all time. Yeah. I mean, of all time. I think it's pretty clear, right? He ran him out of town. For Jerry Krause. It's to choose Tim Floyd and Jerry over Jackson and Jordan. Um, the most influential athlete ever. I, I, ever. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, he's, he is an absolute. How do you let that dynasty end? I don't know how we're getting on Bulls talk here, but how do you, because uh, Jerry how do you is not go, so. How do you not go until you lose? How do you not go into you? Jerry's a mess. I like, and when I say Jerry, I mean yes, yeah, both. Um, Jordan would rather retire and not play basketball than play for that man. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's like it is just. He is. He is so bad. Like he is the. He is. He is not. Uh, I think I've said this on a pod prior to this. He's not the. The Clippers owner who got thrown out for being a racist. Yeah. <laughs> He's not the Panthers owner who was forced to sell for being a racist. Um, but as far as like, you know, as f- like with the exception of the people who are truly awful humans, 
Jerry is the worst owner in professional sports. I truly believe. He lucked into the greatest player of all time, and that's the only reason his his reign as a owner of multiple sports franchises is not openly mocked. Um, but Just, if it's not for Jordan, yeah. like, it's he. Jordan gives him some cred, and if it's not for Jordan, he is widely regarded as the worst. Yeah, I we got off on a tangent here, but just some of the things that he he says, like it's so clear collusion of like you know him saying like he gets upset when one team like overpays for a shortstop, yeah, and brings sure. up the Again. market. It's like that is like the definition of collusion. That you want every team to like not pay players to keep the price down. It's like, dude, this is that that is the communist, problem. dude. That it's is the problem this with is, baseball in general. It, this is a free market, Jerry. This is how it works. I mean, he I it's think he crazy voted against the. Uh, it's crazy. He, he voted against the Mets owner because he knew yeah, that Cohen. he was going to spend. Yeah, good. I, I'm so glad Cohen came in. Cohen, gonna, you, you know who didn't refuse? A, you know who didn't refuse a statement? Who? Cohen, he said it's unacceptable. We're trading our players to reload, and Cohen's going to spend another 300 mil next year. Cohen, well, I don't think that's true. You don't think he'll spend another 300 mil? No, because I think, I think when he made the first we made a first deal, like he talked to Scherzer, and when he talked to Scherzer, he was telling Scherzer it's probably going to be a year. He's going to take a year off of spending and then spend big money. Yeah. And that's why Scherzer wanted out. But... You know, like we say that, but like he ate big time money on Scherzer and Verlander to get top prospect return. Yeah, you know, so like while he's which is yeah. while he's not spending a lot less next year, it's only one. He's year, got yeah. a ton of dead money that he's spending. He on basically players. bought prospects for thirty yep. mil, which is awesome, right? Because it doesn't matter to him. And here's the thing: that's right? huge. That's what, so big. What you're that could be seeing so with big. professional sports. Is when you sell, no one takes a loss. Mm-hmm. The money, the money when you sell these franchises is insane. When's you, the last time someone lost money? I don't know if it's happened in the last twenty years. I mean, you are just making an absurd amount of money when you sell the franchise. Why can't Jerry just sell? Doesn't he know how much money he can make? That's the thing that drives me nuts with these like old guys. Like, if I'm an old owner doing one two things i'm selling i'm making as much money as possible and i'm living out my last decade (laughs) just on a beach with a fucking drink in my hand every day or i'm saying fuck it i don't give two shits if i leave my kids with a dime yeah i am spending all in and i'm gonna go out with as many rings as my fingers as possible or or just or just be like no you know what i'll give each kid five million dollars and still you could spend everything you know it's not like you could Leave right. him with I nothing. Mean, Jerry, yeah, Jerry's Jerry couldn't spend to the point where he was run it into the ground, him. man. What, but like, I don't understand. The Tigers when they just gave uh, Miggy yeah, and Victor Martinez, that was great. It was great, silly money. Yeah. Now again, it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, it backfired like, a little bit. But but the same point in time, I, I can at least respect it. you. Yeah, hundred percent. I respect that, dude. Just I would never it. bash that move. Ever. I know, I know, I don't have many years left. But damn it, I want to go out with a ring in my finger, so I'm going to spend like there's no tomorrow. Because for me, there may not be. Why would you not? I don't. Well, maybe that's why I'm not a billionaire. Because yeah, I don't think that clearly way. that's the issue. Um, 
it's just it it it's mind boggling. It's frustrating. It's uh, it's everything all in one. Schwab, would you have traded Dylan? Yes. Like we we you and I had a lot of talk uh, at the deadline. You you Tui Tui as well. Um, and you were pretty insistent on like the only way you're dealing Dylan is if you got Jackson Holiday. I would have dealt Dylan for Kowser, DL Hall, and another. Top how how many would you have needed out of those? Guys? Three top tens. Three. Three top ten of a good organization. Two being top hundred prospects. That's it. I would have won three in the top fifty. They, the Orioles have six in the top fifty across the league. So I would I I guess Orioles were the most obvious target. Orioles, I think I think if there's a deal to be made, it was with the Orioles. Yeah. Um uh, that that would have been my main target. And if I could have I wouldn't have needed Holiday to make the deal. I would have taken one of the two outfielders. I would have taken, you know, another top fifty guy, and I would have taken another like top hundred guy, top I, w- I would have done it if, too. If I would have got if I would have if they would have said we're gonna give you a guy who's our eighth prospect and our top seven or hundred. Then I would have said I want another guy. Um, I would have walked away with three or four guys who are top hundred or, you know, when they come to the Sox are top seven. You you know my stance. I, I wanted Holiday, and I think for sure. I think that was probably the reason a deal didn't get done because Rick said Holiday or nothing, but. Rickon is in a situation where you cannot take no for an answer. His job was literally on the line. If I'm the owner, if I'm the owner, Rick doesn't have a job last year. <laughs> Let's be very clear. But if I'm the owner now with, the, you know, I'm not Jerry Reinsdorf and just letting the guy work until he wants to quit. I basically say, if you don't get Jackson Holiday on the team, then you're not back next year. So do not take no for an answer. Do I have to put Tim Anderson in the deal? Fine. Who else do I need to put in the deal? Do I have to put Aloy in the deal? Fine. Right. I don't care. Do it. There is there is a package that gets you Jackson Holiday, and Rick Hahn took no for an answer. And that is why he needs to be literally coaching the new church Trevians first ba- being the first base coach. Because I never want to see him near the south side of Chicago again. So the only reason why I'll tell you I don't think there's necessarily a deal for Jackson Holiday, there may have been, but I don't think it's a guarantee, is because the Orioles were in a situation last year where they had a chance to compete for a playoff spot, and they chose not to sell anyone because they believe in what they're building. They believe in the core, and they wanted like develop that core. Dude, they're in first place. They're the best team in the AL. Right, so if I'm already in first place, why am I, why am I selling out? Because you're giving, you do anything for one championship, right? A hundred percent. But if I believe, so this is like, if I believe I can be the Atlanta Braves of the 90s. Yeah. Well, the the Atlanta Braves of the 90s made a deal to get Glavin and Smoltz. I, I think they traded for one. I think it was Glavin. They traded for Glavin. I think they signed Smoltz. But like again, like they believe in what they're building, and like they could have made a deal last year and they chose not to. So the the Orioles are one of the few organizations where I'm like, I could have, I could see them not, I could see them being like, we're not trading Jackson Holiday. I don't care how many players you throw at us. Um, I, I do you, you don't have enough you don't have enough players who can help you don't have enough high level players who can help us. 
I would legitimately have offered Aloy, Tim, I don't and disag- Cease. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying the Orioles could have been like, all right, Dylan Cease helps us. Tim Aloy, Aloy wouldn't help him? Uh, can I can I go? Can I can I get there? But like we like Jordan Westerberg, we like uh uh Gunner, we like you know, we like all these guys we have. Um Timmy isn't isn't maybe an improvement over Jordan Westerberg today, but we like Jordan Westerberg. We think by the end of the year Jordan Westerberg's gonna be a better player. And, you know, we got Kouser up and you know, if we really need to pull somebody else up, we can, you know, talk about Hirsch how are you say that guy's name? H J E R. Oh yeah, Kirsted. Yeah. I think it's Kirsted. You know, it's like yeah, they're sure. so loaded. They're yeah. in first so place and they have the best like, farm. It's like I don't need to. I don't need to buy. I don't need to trade for these guys who have less than great deals because they're just blocking guys who are better than them. Um, dude, I think there was a deal to be made somewhere, whether it was the Orioles or somebody else. I believe there's probably there are probably multiple deals they could have considered wins, um, and not to trade him when he's got two years left after this, knowing next year is going to be a year where they're not going to be competitive, regardless of how much Rick wants to sell it as a as a you know not a full rebuild as a soft retooling, um, it's a bad move. If I was an Orioles fan, I'd be pumping my chest so much, man. They're just so loaded i've never i don't i can't remember a time where the first place team in the league had a farm like they did not not only did are their prospects top ranked but they're all the numbers are so unbelievable for all of them well and they have a lot of up i mean like grayson rodriguez yeah, is up, yeah. Hauser's up. that's um, the other thing that's not even like counting like those guys have graduated right yeah, I mean, it's probably happened with the, with the Rays or the Dodgers because both have had very good farm systems over the last yeah. decade-ish, and both have been very good teams. So I'm sure it's happened. Um, but the Orioles are one of those where, like, it was really an organic build where it was quiet. They were bad for a they were long, bad. They were long bad. time. They um, hoarded. They hoarded quietly because mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I mean, you know, three, four years ago, they were one of those teams. They were really bad, and that's how they got Jackson Holiday. They drafted, like, um, top – they had, like – those guys, there's, like, four top three picks. Right. I mean, Gunner, I believe, was a very high pick. Ellie Rushman was a very high pick. Jackson Rushman Holiday was one. was one. Holiday was one. Kerstad, I think I, – I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. He was two. Was he? Yeah. It, yeah. It's I mean, absurd. They, it's, you know, they had, they had high picks – and when they had chances of high picks, they a took guys at valuable valuable positions. Yep, and they didn't miss. The yeah. Sox took a slapping second baseman <laughs> and a first baseman who <laughs> is a bad bad defender. We were swearing not to talk about him. Uh, sorry, they- you and Tui can have an emergency one tomorrow to defend uh, Andrew Vaughn's honor. I've never seen anyone turn on a player so quickly. It's the organization, dude. I I'm so <laughs> angry with this organization. Like I just I just can't I can't. I can't. I can't watch baseball games. I like watching baseball. I can't watch baseball because they are dude. so 
frustrating. Uh, they are so aggravating. They are so bad. They are so dumb. They are so everything that is negative about baseball teams. I, I live in a straight state of aggravation. Just 24-7. Just live in a state of aggravation. You saw it when you walked in the door here. I was just... No reason at all. With the, the internet was out, just flustered, just completely aggravated, but the root of it all was Jerry and Rick and Kenny, the three stooges. It's just Oh my God. What what did we do to deserve this? Dude, I'm telling you, like This is our therapy. Chicago fans are some of the most cursed humans in the world. If the flubs make the playoffs just don't talk to me. For Dude, they're going to. I'm 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 hate to break it to you, but they're going to. What happened? This is this despicable. This is absolutely despicable. If you don't fire if you don't fire Rick after this. If I, I gotta I watch the flubs in October on my TV while this was supposed to be the year the prime right. year we win the world. Yep. I, I'm gonna be vomiting in my toilet. Mm, I feel sorry for your toilet because it's going to happen. Um, I heard the Sox were sending, sending out, you know, tickets for 2024 early, but they were telling fans they don't, you know, they don't have to decide right away. But here, here's your buy for the for the next season. And it's just like, dude, if you think, if you think anything that happened this year is acceptable, like, we got problems. It's a, It's an abusive relationship. It's abusive. There's no other way to say it. That it is. I need an attorney. (laughs) I know a good one. (laughs) All right, let's close this out, Schwabi. I want to talk about. Oh, oh, actually, I was gonna say. I feel like we got. got Yeah, we got some more. It's uh, there's a lot to talk about with the White Sox nowadays. Man, sorry, we. Because we got on a couple of tangents. There. Yeah, it's been it's uh, there's it's a lot you know therapy. It goes that way sometimes. <laughs> we're <laughs> I need an ice pack for my head. T A versus T A versus Jose or T A versus Yaz. Uh, dude, uh, that T A fight with with uh, Jose is one of the more crazy things I've seen. I'm worried about D.A. Oh, boy. I mean, like, the amount of times you've seen an actual, like, good baseball fight, like, uh, Daniel Leary texted me about the, the Tim Jose fight. And I was like, it's like the greatest baseball fight I've seen since, like, Kyle Farnsworth dropped that. That was, a, good, it was a great one. You know, it like, sucks I mean, that our guy was... Sucks that our dude lost. Um, but, like, Jose... Complete bitch. I don't know what he's angry about, dude. That okay? That's absurd. That like it's it's wh- why just, okay? Why did so? Ta got double suspension as Jose cause he because he dropped the glove. Baseball is a mess. That's stupid. Dude. Like you want to know who's worse? Jose than started Jerry? the fight. It was hundred percent. That was. I'm, we, I'm not a Ta fan. I, I think it's been established on this podcast. I'm not a Ta fan, but Ta the the. Guardians are upset because he's talking a little shit. Big he's deal. He's talking in baseball. And he, he and knocked, he off knocked off somebody's a hand arm. off, and the umpires okay. ruled him out. That was stop it. Stop. 
give me a break. If if you think that is Bush League, that is the dumbest shit. That was I, why we should do that every play. It's why a, would you not do that every it's, play? It's a hard swipe. It's a hard. Sw- why would you and not do that every on a time? hard swipe? If the hand came off and the umpires roll it out, like then you're an idiot. You're, you're an idiot as a base runner for not 100%. preventing it. Hundred percent. The I have fact, zero the fact that. that they're saying that that was a re- that is so I it's almost like I because Tim has aggravated me so much this year, but all the everything that led to it, it's like Tim is actually in the right in this. Hundred percent. He just happened to get knocked out by like a lucky haymaker, which was brutal. Dude, when I watched that fight originally, I thought like Jose actually like you know threw a punch, and then I watched it back, and I'm like, oh, he Jose had his was eyes just, closed with his head. He was down. just swinging. Yeah, give me a break. Like, that was the luckiest. Yeah, that wasn't punch yeah, of not, all time. Whatever. Not quite as impressive. That that's fine, but give me a break if the Guardians fans are like that was Bush League with Tim knocking his hand off. The right. I mean, if you have an issue with what Tim did, like, yeah, I've I have zero. Is there issues with that? Um, with what Tim did, that there. was the smartest play he's done all year. As, yeah, as far as I'm concerned. So for Jose to get offended by this, and you know, thought Timmy's tag on him was too hard, or he stood over him because he slid between his legs, like, which he really didn't. Right. Again, like I was trying, like they were like, "Oh, it could be this, or it could be that." I'm like, he really didn't do anything. I I think Jose Ramirez is a stand up guy, and I think like. That's why everyone was siding with him versus Tim, right? For sure. But all, Jose, when he was getting interviewed, he said that Tim has disrespected the game for a while. But did he give one example? Nope. He The, the example that was talked about was him pushing the hand off the bag, which... Right. Okay. Tim has struggled. He's had his stuff off the field, whatever. But like objectively looking at what started the fight... That was Jose Ramirez. So I, I don't want percent like, like it, it is strictly because Tim had a glove on that he threw it down that he gets more of a, a suspension because Jose Jose got up. Jose did not get up looking to play baseball. Yeah. I, right. I, I don't understand. I you don't. Know, Tim throwing his glove weasel. down and squaring up is, is what it looks worse. It's because Jose had no glove on his hand to throw down. But Jose did not get up. You know, Jose didn't get up and look into the the batter's boxes, you know, to get ready to take a lead off. Yeah. You know, it's it's silly, it's ridiculous. Um you know, it's a bad look for Tim that he threw the glove down, squared up, and then got knocked out. Um <laughs> but but I, I again that was I, honestly such a look. Oh, it's so it's so ridiculous. But I mean, like again, I have zero issues with what Timmy did here. Yeah. Um you know, uh, I will, frankly, I'm I'm a fan of anyone on this team who still has some fight. Yeah, I, I will bash Tim for everything that he did before. I'm not going to bash him for this. Nope. At all. And going to the next story, like the whole Yasmani before the All-Star break. Yeah. Getting pissy and, you know, wanting to go home the day four. And Timmy said, well, fuck, if he wants to go home, I'll fucking buy his plane ticket. <laughs> and then Yasmani going over to the Timmy in the Whirlpool and slapping him. Dude, like, the narrative's changed a little bit on uh, Tim. Again, I mean, Tim is a Tim was a guy who had a chance to be a national sweetheart, and I think really was becoming that. Yeah, and then he had a couple discretions in his personal life, uh, a couple you know bad moves, and he was probably a guy who you know 
I mean, I think he's a small town guy. He's a guy who, for a long time, was on a struggling franchise. Yeah. Um, kind of was able to fly, fly under the radar, and all of a sudden he got put in put in the national light. Um, due to the, the team as well as himself, and I think that happens probably more than we we acknowledge that guys when they go from a you know a a B level city celebrity yeah to a you know a, a, a potentially an A level national at least as far as baseball goes um you know he went from a guy who was on just the the White Sox commercials with the crazy lawyer who always <laughs> is doing shit to being on like Dairy Queen commercials for along yeah. with Mike Trout yeah um I think those guys can struggle with that and I mean it's easy Tim certainly did it's easy for us to sit here and criticize anyone but you hand anyone that kind of fame, like you'd have the same shit, you know. For sure, no, nobody I mean, can I'm... handle it. It's it's very. It, again, we we could talk about that. I, Jose Ramirez, give me a break with his little spiel there no, and no, no. landing a lucky haymaker. That was watch that in slow motion. He his head is down and it's he's throwing a hail mary. He lands it. Dude, I love I Tim love Jose's like out. I've been trying to call him. Yeah, dude, he don't want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. Like Wait, who who was trying Jose to call? said he's been trying to call Tim and Tim won't what? Talk, Tim won't talk to him. Yeah. Get out of here, really? Yep. When did that break? Uh, a couple days ago. A couple days ago, Jose was like, I've I've tried to reach out to him since and I'm worried won't. about Tim, man. I'm worried about yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's a guy who I I still really liked him. It's been a rough it's been a rough couple of years, but he's a dude who I think is really good for baseball. He's really good for Chicago. Um, he's a guy I, I want to see turn it around, and I want him to. I want him to turn around here. I would have traded him personally, yeah. for like partially for his own good, yeah. Just partially to get, him out, get him out of this. Partially of for this. you know Chicago because I'm not sure. I'm not sure he can turn it around here. Um. I hope he can. I want him to, but I I worry about that personally. Yeah. Um. So I probably would have dealt him, especially the fact that he's been playing a little better. You can sell him off as like, hey, he's a guy who's he's finally starting to play better, and in a change of scenery, he's gonna he's gonna flourish. Yeah. Um. He's gonna be back to being Timmy Anderson of old. Um. So I would have dealt him. With that being said, big Timmy guy still. Um. And you know the the Jose fight, the Yasmani story. I think those are things that both portray, at least for me, portray Timmy in a positive light. If that's true about Yaz and Tim, then get the hell yet get Yaz ass out of here. Yep. Though, like the funny thing with the the Cleveland fight is that like Yasmani was one of the guys who was like pulling Timmy back until uh, the new the new captain, according to, according <laughs> a- to Rick. AV was uh, picking up picking up Timmy and <laughs> escorting him down the stands or escorting him down the, the stairs. Dude. But Yasmani was a large part in like the Tim was a, concussed. helping Timmy, and then like when you see you see the clip of Yaz like down in the dugout and he like comes sprinting up the steps for the next fight with Classe. Uh, Did you see Aloy get stepped on? Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I I like. If the socks were what? when the socks are when the socks are good, if the socks are good, Aloy is like fantastic because he's this big, lovable kid. I mean, he's like he's like ten. You know, he hits home run and he goes, "Hi, mom," and 
He's just kind of goofy, and he, yeah. you know, unbuttons half of his shirt buttons. And but when they are bad, I know he is know. the most <laughs> frustrating human in the world because he is everything that is wrong with the White Sox. Oh my god! Yeah, him. That's another story. Him, yo, who? Somebody else got called out. The Middleton one? No, that was a separate one. Oh, I don't know this one. There's uh, some reporter said that they're. They don't work hard. It was shocker of the world, mm. Mankata. I I didn't need shocker, a re- I didn't man. need a reporter to come on the score to tell me that Mankata didn't work hard. I I could have told you when he tried to buy ten cars when he signed the contract with the Red Sox. So. Oh yo! All right, Schwab, we got to wrap it up. We got to Fi- talk about Pedro still. Final thoughts, Pedro Griffal. I want to know why. Maybe I don't know if it's. The combination of Rick and Pedro is pretty unbelievable. Elvis Andrews is probably the hottest hitter on the team. But why is he on the team? As a courtesy to a veteran who has been for, for, who has been performing well, I would release Elvis Andrews. Let him so sign. I can call up Lenin. And why I've is Lenin figure, not playing? How is Lenin not playing every day? His like we're not going to sacrifice today's game for the you know future development. It's like. Dude, here's the deal. If that's the stance you want, you needed to win early. Yeah, you blew it. It's over. At this point in time, your season is over. You need to figure out what you have for next year so that you can effectively use your money to to sign free agents. Like, you have to figure out if Lenin Sosa... Or Jose Rodriguez, or whoever. Yeah, give me Jose. Give me can somebody. Be your starting second baseman and, of the future. Or it, you know, if they can't, then is it Remillard and another guy, the other half of the platoon, right? Like these are questions you need to answer. And by playing Elvis Andrews every damn day, it is a disservice to your franchise. Elvis and Remillard splitting right now. Remillard, let's be very clear. Zach Remillard is not the second baseman of the future. Zach Remillard, I mean, I think you, I think you said he was like Mendick. Yeah, he's he's Danny Mendick. Like if he's, he's a utility. If if he can play an acceptable second, an acceptable third, and then get starts in the corner outfield and bat two sixty, like that's a great. It's a great development story. That's a great, uh, you know, striking gold on a guy almost. But Zach Remillard, if Zach Remillard is our starting second baseman next year. We got problems. We didn't spend, and Lenin and Jose and every other random minor league middle infielder they have didn't show up. Don't you want Lenin to get another hundred at bats, dude? I want that. Uh, I want Yolbert, the the Cuban yeah, kid they yeah, signed, Sanchez. who's like twenty seven right now yeah. and he's yet to play in the majors. Like, I'd play that dude. At sh- I'd play that dude. I'd play Lenin. I'd play all these guys because I need to figure out. Yeah. And like again, I may be wrong, right? I may bring up Lenin. Lenin may struggle, but uh, we you need him to and, struggle. And in by the time he's, you know, on the last year of ARB, he could be good. Yeah. Because you've seen guys do that. You've seen yeah. Nelson Cruz was a guy All who was a late development. But, like, to not 
give him that opportunity to do it, to not try to figure out if you, to not try to figure out if he's your, he's a, if he's a potential answer for you, is mismanagement of a franchise. It's like Oscar right now. Oscar is like his at bats are so much better right, right. now than earlier in the year because he's getting at bats. Right. Like it's and and that was the funny thing is after Pedro made his comment about not taking Elvis out of the lineup, he then made a comment about how Oscar needs to be in the lineup every day. It's like, dude, Dude. you don't even know what you're saying. Like, you're just making comments. And and to to a certain extent, I can't fault Pedro. Yeah. Because as the manager, you don't have final say over the 26-man. So if, if Pedro's up on the mic and they ask him about Elvis... As long as Elvis is still on the team, he's got to say positive things. Yeah. But this is a scenario where Rick, Kenny, Jerry, I don't know, I don't care who makes the decisions, need to be like, listen, the best thing for our club is Lenin playing these remaining games. So we're going to DFA Elvis. We're going to call up Lenin. And if you tell me you're starting Zach Remillard over Lenin, I'm sending Remillard to Charlotte because I'm guessing he still has an option. And I'm bringing up... Yolbert Sanchez, and I'm going to dare you to play Yolbert over Lenin. Right? It you is, pull it money is ball. strict you up, right, up money ball. I'm st- I get control of the, of the lineup. You sure do. Well, I'm going to start him, but you can't. But I get control of the lineup. Yeah. Yep, you do, but he's not on the team anymore, <laughs> so you can't start him. Like, it is, it is, like, I, you know, again, the Pedro answer is yeah. bad, and it, you are right to mock it, but at the same point in time, Pedro does not have final say over the 26th man. Rick needs, Rick, Kenny, whoever, needs to be like, this is a mismanagement of our franchise to continue to trot out this man who's in his mid-30s to play second base when we have multiple minor league players in our top 10 organizationally who play middle infield who are not 19-year-olds in in Salem. Yeah. They are... 22, 23-year-olds in Charlotte and Birmingham. They need to come up and play the remaining games. 100%. I don't... I I have nothing to say because it's just so obvious that I don't understand how that's not happening. Right. No, I... Again, I mean, it's one of those where I, you know, again, I... Again, I don't want to defend Pedro because I think he's a bumbling buffoon. But for this to even be Pedro's to for this to even be Pedro's decision shows the dysfunctional nature of this franchise. The Sox are forty seven and sixty nine, twelve and a half games back. The fact that forty seven and sixty nine only results in you being twelve and a half games back <laughs> another issue, but I digress. The lineup is pretty much this we only traded one position player. Right. Who's going to be losing starts as Yo came back? I think yeah. he's playing second a lot. but I, Are they still, like, if these guys actually can play to what their potential is? I, I, no, I, don't say it. No, we're not doing it. Jesse Schultons is our best starter. Schultons we're has not, been very We're good. not going to. I love We're Schultons. not going to claw our way back in this. I'm Stop glad it. you brought up Schultons. Schultons needs a shout out. Tukey needs a shout out. 
Stooky. I think our rotation is better than before. You know, you know what we do? I'm not, we got rid how of Giolito. Like how do you like all these young guys or all dude, these uh, dude, failed prospects we're signing? Schultons is better than Gio this year. Schultons, lights Schulten. out. Tukey is I better mean, than Lynn. Jesse, Jesse's getting like a, a a vote for Cy Young, I think. Tukey is way better than Lynn has been. We've literally gotten better production. And now we got Honeywell coming. We got Patino Honeywell. coming. We got Honeywell used to throw all these a dudes coming. The guy was like the top prospect in the Rays system. Blew out his arm. The guy was out for like four years. Oh, he was out for a long time. And now he's yeah. He, is Mush GMing the team? I think <laughs> Debbie Garcia just a, got yes. claimed. B, I'm not sure I've ever seen a Major League Baseball team claim so many players off waivers. <laughs> Dude, Rick's really taking advantage of being the fourth worst team in the league. I mean, like, I, you know, when I was trying to pull things up today, I saw they signed Stephen Piscotti and cut him. I was like, when did we get Piscotti? I'm. The, the, I can't gonna, even keep track of the White Sox moves. They're I'm just not gonna lie. They're it's, wheeling and dealing. It reminds me of Mush on the waiver wire in FFL Bears. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I don't it's, know. It's I don't nuts, know what's man. It's it's wild. Well, any final thoughts? How are we looking? We, we, we got to get a couple more in. Hopefully, you know, it's a shame that we're twelve and a half back because if we were within five, which could have easily been the case. Our our schedule in September is a joke. That's we play the Royals, the Tigers, Royals, Tigers, like four straight series. You mean the third place in the AL Central yeah. Tigers? The, t- the fact that the ti- the t- whole Tigers rotation hurt, the whole Guardians rotation hurt, and we're behind those teams. And the Tigers are still playing a, a washed up Miguel Cabrera. I want to claw my eyeballs out. These games are unwatchable. It's uh, I've I the bullpen. The I've bullpen. stopped for the most part. I'll catch an inning here, an inning there. I'll watch, look at a box score, but it's hard to watch. I, I mean, watched just so bad. I watched the majority of the Yankees series somehow, and it was painful. And we won two out of three. I right. don't know. I mean, that's like even when they win, you feel like you lost <laughs> because you watch them. <laughs> and we need that pick. Dude, we gotta follow the Orioles model. Yeah, right. They need to be final. They need to be in the bottom three. Increase your uh, lottery chances of getting the first pick. Like, you know, Tui made a comment a couple days ago about Vaughn when he hit the homer against the Yankees. I'm like, dude, we're tanking right now. I need Vaughn not to. I need that was Vaughn right to, after I was bashing. I need Vaughn not to play well. Um, yeah, it's again, it's the Sox though, right? They're gonna be bad enough that. You have no chance of playoffs and, you know, decent enough that they can't get a top three pick because, you know, White Sox. Go White Sox. Schwabi, PMA, this is how we're ending it. It's football season, baby. The Taft Eagles, big things on the horizon. I'm yep. ready. I'm ready for football season. I'll be in the stands for a few this year. Can't wait. The, the night games make it tough. They do when you have, when you have a bunch of little ones. But I'll make my way over. I'm pumped, Schwabi. No, nah, man. I'm uh, I'm excited for that. It, I need some good news after uh, a rough baseball year. Well, usually we'll go through the next series, but I don't. What, what's the point? <laughs> right. I I think think it's one of those where you know we're gonna be like, well, they're gonna go one and two, and 
know, because they're the White Sox, and God forbid they ever make us happy. Um, but don't worry. Like, you know, the thing that's going to aggro me right now is they're going to pull the, like, seven out the last month of the season. And they'll, like, ruin their draft There's chances. No, yeah. <laughs> they're going to end up with, like, the seventh pick in the draft. You think so? Uh, you know, it, it would be very... Uh, possible. Be very White Sox. Be but, very White Sox. Do, you know, they do just enough to screw their draft position and not enough to actually do anything for you. The beloved Schwabi. We're addicted to it. We love our White Sox. We what? hate everybody who is in administration. <laughs> We're there through thick and thin, my friend. We are. All right. Well, Schwabi, thanks for coming tonight. It was a good one. Got some breakdowns on the trades. We'll see what happens the rest of the year. We'll get another one in next week or the week after. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. See ya.